this is Jerry DiPiano, and you are listening to the Love Mia Vita podcast. My guest today is Shelly Bailey, who is the CEO and founder of Family, F-A-M-L-E-E. Shelly, welcome to the Love Mia Vita podcast. Perhaps you could share with our listeners a bit about your background. It's pretty amazing, incredible. This is your second time around uh, with a, a business that, that you uh, founded from a, a scratch start. So pretty impressive entrepreneurial story as well. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, my, my story certainly has some turns and I never thought that I'd be in working in women's health right now, but given what happened in my own personal story, it just kind of led me to here. So yeah, I'll back up. I spent 20 years in the specialty pharmacy arena. So my grandparents had owned a mom and pop shop, little independent pharmacy. And I just grew up, you know, working at their pharmacy. The rule was as long as you could um, see over the counter, you could start filling prescriptions. And I'm only five, two. So I started a little later than all my cousins, but um, spent 20 years in specialty pharmacy. We focused the last 10 or 15 years or so on HIV and hepatitis C services. So spent a lot of time doing advocacy work, both in Oregon, which is where I live, as well as in Washington, DC. So a lot of advocacy and um, some support for uh, disproportionate share hospitals and some critical care access hospitals accessing um, drugs through the federal 340B program. But um, after spending the 20 years in specialty pharmacy in 2018, we sold our pharmacy to a division of CVS. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to take a break from business. and I'm going to really focus on building a family with my husband. And honestly, I kind of came into my fertility journey a little bit arrogant. I thought, hey, I'm an overachiever. You know, I'm just going to be able to have a baby when I want to. And started my fertility journey in 2018 and I wasn't getting pregnant. And so I went to my OBGYN for support, who's who's still my um, OBGYN now. And she was just like, hey, um, Shelly, I don't really do fertility. I also want you to be able to get pregnant as quickly as you would like. So why don't I just refer you to IVF? And um, personally, I'm not against IVF in any way, but I felt like, gosh, maybe there was something we could do as like a little step before we went straight to IVF. So I kind of just went on this own little personal health mission and found a doctor here in Oregon who um, was really interested in testing people's hormones and treating for hormone imbalances. And when I went to her and she drew my labs, she just kind of laughed and was like, well, clearly you're not getting pregnant because, you know, 10, 10 to 20 years of working hundred hour weeks, you really screwed up your hormones. And so she said, let's take a step back. Now that we know your hormones are all out of whack, why don't we, um, now that we know we can start treating. And so I personally was tested with some very inexpensive generic medication. I got pregnant. So wonderful story for me. And uh, I started just kind of sending girlfriends to the same doctor in, in 2018. Um, and they were getting pregnant and sustaining pregnancies. And that was all great. But um, I guess my 
my passion, you know, for healthcare and the 20 years I spent in healthcare just started, you know, slowly nudging me to say, okay, you know, what can we do to kind of help scale this and help support more women and families throughout the country? And so that was how family was born was just my own struggles and seeing that there's a lot of women who have limitations related to reproductive health access, whether it's because they might live in a rural community or they have some economic limitations related to IVF, or they maybe just have zero interest in IVF, but they're looking for um, some supportive care. And so that's where family really um, is, is been able to really help successfully be here to serve those women and families. So I love your story. It's wonderful that your passion was driven from some personal challenges that you faced because most of us that go into healthcare, look at ways in which we can make a difference for women like us who may have experienced some of the conditions that have largely been either underrepresented or perhaps ignored or where there are certain challenges. In the case of um, what you are doing to help build families, um, you're looking at fertility, but you're also looking at fertility and hormones and how to establish a basis for health. And that basis for health should start in our reproductive years where we, we actually know what is the baseline for my hormones? How can I establish a healthy way of life and know that I am prepared when I'm prepared to think about childbearing? I'm in the best shape that I can be. So I really love your model. And I believe that it's also a model that gives women hope. Let's face it, not everyone is ready to start with in vitro fertilization. So they may want to try something in an, maybe an intermediate sort of way. And I think that your process is really one that makes sense. And perhaps you can explain a little bit about your process. So if a woman um, wants to understand more so where she is in terms of her overall health, I think you look at, first of all, what's the baseline and you look at her hormones. And then after you analyze those hormones, there's a second and a third and a fourth step before the, uh, the decision is made as to whether she's healthy enough to conceive or whether she ought to consider something like in vitro fertilization. So perhaps you can explain what that, you know, how that process starts. So, you know, you really hit the nail on the head about like um, the importance of labs related to care and treatment. You know, I really, a lot of kind of why we are where we are right now is because of my background with HIV and Hep C. When you think about labs and you think about testing and treating, it's not only unethical, it's actually illegal to test someone's labs for HIV and then say, oh, you have HIV, like, good luck, right? Like, you would never do that. It's, it's it, 20 years ago, it would have been a death sentence for someone. And there's actually laws that prohibit um, someone from testing without, without treating at the same time. And so that perspective of testing and treating is really important to me um, personally. So as much, and again, I'll share about our journey, but as much as labs are an important part of what we do, it's also the treatment part that's the very unique um, value proposition that family's able to uh, help offer to women and families from the convenience of home. 
So when someone decides they want to work with family, one of the first things we do suggest is that they schedule a free consult with someone on our team just to discuss their um, health history and just make sure that family is a good fit for them. We are very excited to help women and families, but we do we want to make sure that we're you know selling to people who it's highly likely that we could help support. So people go to family.com, they might uh, schedule a free consult or they may just choose to start working with us immediately. And the first part of the journey is in downloading our mobile app. The mobile app is important because that is where we're doing all of the clinical intake to share with our telehealth providers. So the clinical intake is, is pretty comprehensive. It takes most people about 30 minutes to fill out their medical history form. They're able to take pictures of any labs or imaging that they have previously had. There's also consent on the um, app to be able to share the information with the doctors on our team. But anyway, someone downloads the mobile app. They provide their medical history. You know, during the time they're doing that, they get a kit sent to them from our distributor. And the woman will, the first step of the journey is taking your app home labs. So for women who menstruate on cycle day two or three, we have a little flexibility with that, is when we do our first set of labs. And we're doing you know, the, the reproductive hormones that everyone thinks of, like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, thyroid. But we also are working to capture a little bit more foundational health hormones. Here's the just kind of what our what our kits look like. So we're also testing your fasting insulin, your hemoglobin A1C. We're testing for some autoimmune inflammatory markers, uh, TPOAB, just to kind of really get a baseline of what's going on. So people prick their finger and they provide the blood on cycle day two or three onto the dry blood spot cards. And then um, the next step is actually a little bit of waiting. So the it's important to us to try to confirm if someone had an ovulation and if they did, how strong was the ovulation? So the next set of labs is done approximately on cycle day 21. If a woman doesn't have the standard 28 day cycle, which most of us don't, uh, we're really trying to get those day secret, you know, day 21 labs seven days after a luteinizing hormone surge. So we provide ovulation tests in our kits that are testing luteinizing hormones. So seven days after a luteinizing hormone surge is when we want women to take their last set of labs. Uh, At-home labs can be a little bit difficult because we are testing for so many different hormones. It's really important for women to drink a lot of water. It's also really important to kind of permeate the whole dry blood spot on the cards to make sure that there's adequate blood for the lab to be able to process the order. So once the labs are completed, women send the labs back to our lab partner. And once the lab results are available, we then trigger our first telehealth visit for the woman to meet with one of the doctors. Women are matched with a doctor who's licensed in the same state in which she resides. And the purpose of that first telehealth appointment is to really go over your medical history, go over your lab results, and then figure out what type of um, prescription drug treatment plan might be appropriate, as well as any supplements. A lot of the women we serve end up um, maybe not knowing they had insulin resistance, you know, pre-diabetes. We work with many women with PCOS that hasn't otherwise really been well-treated by providers. 
We also integrate with a few fertility device companies. So if a woman is wearing a fertility wearable or um, uses some urine testing, we can also um, see that information to help make better informed prescribing decisions. So once someone has her first telehealth appointment, we then um, suggest that she take the prescriptions or supplements that we, or combination of both, that our doctors have prescribed for approximately 60 days. We wanna give the medication enough time to kind of start doing its job. And then we schedule the second telehealth visit. That process is repeated. And um, right now we have a three appointment model. So we do another 60 days between appointments. But in a nutshell, that's a bit about our process, probably way too lengthy than you had anticipated. Um, for women who don't menstruate or don't menstruate regularly, because it is critical to take your labs on certain days of your menstrual cycle, we do offer a short withdrawal bleed appointment to help women get a prescription for a medication known as Provera that can help artificially trigger menstruation so that she can properly time her labs. So I was impressed to see that you actually test for 13 hormones. So five major categories, um, thyroid hormones, ovarian hormones, the androgenic hormones, blood sugar, and vitamin D. And we may not, we may take for granted that some of those other hormones are extremely important in, in determining whether you're actually in your best shape or in good, in, in good shape to conceive. And so perhaps you could spend a little bit of time talking about ones that aren't so obvious, like the thyroid hormones, for example. Yeah, absolutely. One thing um, I guess that I should share with everyone here is that we take a functional medicine perspective on fertility. So a lot of doctors, you know, we're all used to, you know, talking about our different ovarian hormones and a lot of doctors, you know, treat for those, but some of the hormones such as thyroid really go kind of underdiagnosed and undertreated. So like thyroid is a major energy regulator in your body. And, you know, it's really the engine that helps run your cells. So during pregnancy, you require tons of energy. So we really need to make sure that preconception, your body is really primed to be able to have the energy to support a pregnancy, which is why, you know, we're really focused on, um, on thyroid. We, one of the um, kind of top prescribed medications that we prescribe at family are drugs to help support thyroid. There's underactive thyroid, which is much more common in the women that we're serving, but there's also overactive thyroid. And so we're able to prescribe, um, you know, medications to treat both. Thyroid is checked and treated at, you know, some IVF centers kind of provide that kind of care and treatment. Some OBGYNs provide it. Um, but not everyone does consistently. I tell people, you know, families shouldn't exist at all. You know, in a perfect world, all of our OBGYNs would have the time to test and treat. In a perfect world, all the IVF centers would have the time to test and treat. But um, for a variety of reasons, not all um, either reproductive endocrinologists or OBGYNs are able to do so. So that's, that's kind of where we fit in. Right now, when they're going over their lab results with their doctor, 
um, because we see so many women with undiagnosed PCOS, they often do have, you know, high fasting insulin or higher hemoglobin one cs And almost a hundred percent of the time, the women that we're working with did not know that they had this, you know, um, condition before meeting with us. And I guess, you know, one of the other things when we talk about like fasting insulin or hemoglobin one c is we hear from women a lot that'll say, my doctor already tested my labs and they said that I'm fine. And one of the big educational lifts that we're trying to do in the family is, uh, for example, myself, I could go have my blood drawn today and for all the, the different labs that we do at family and my results from Quest or LabCorp or, or anywhere will very likely say that I am normal and I'm you know completely fine. And that very well may be true, but when you're thinking of your, you know, insulin markers or, or any of the things we test for, it doesn't mean that your lab results are optimal for fertility. And so that's an educational piece that often gets missed between the OBGYNs and their patients or, or with any other provider in the patient is, you know, your labs might be perfect for someone of your age, but again, not for the conditions that we're looking to treat. And so that's something that's really important at families. We're saying, yeah, your labs might've been drawn, but what time of your cycle were they drawn? And then even more importantly, um, you know, what, where do you actually fall in an optimal fertility range? So these are, this is really important to women, particularly as they are thinking about where they stand in in that phase of life. Obviously, if you are 32 versus 42, that will make a big difference in terms of what is optimal for you in terms of having a healthy pregnancy and where you are in your fertility journey, correct? Absolutely. And again, if you're 32, you might be told, you know, your labs are perfect and, and they very well may be. And even at 42, you might be told your labs are perfect, but it doesn't mean you're perfect labs for conception. And so that's, that's something that we're really trying to stress when we, you know, talk to women, whether or not they, they work, you know, with family is besides the point, but it's just, okay, you might be in optimal range, but are you really in optimal range for fertility? And that's, that's really what we're helping, you know, try to do is we're trying to step one step backwards and not just say, oh, your testosterone's high where are you with your reproductive health hormones, but really what are your foundational health hormones? Where are they at? Why are they off? And what can we help do to help strengthen that foundation so that, you know, your body's less stressed and all your other hormones come more into balance. There, and the last one was a little surprising to me. It was vitamin D. So there's been a lot of publication on vitamin D and I take a vitamin D supplement, not because I'm at that point in my life. I have an adult daughter, um, I'm well past the age of conceiving, but um, I, vitamin D was a surprise to me in terms yeah. of- Yeah, it was, I mean, it's, it, honestly, it was a surprise to me when I started my fertility journey as well. I remember back when I, uh, when we owned our specialty pharmacy, I was listening to a presenter at like a Gilead talk or something. And we were talking about who should take vitamin D. And his comment was, if you live within four walls, you should take vitamin D because all of us, um, you know, are, spend so, so much less time outside and things like that. But um, no, vitamin D has a very real and significant impact on fertility. And, you know, we get asked all the time, 
well, how much vitamin D, you know, should I take? And I figure, you know, that might've been one of your next questions. And it's, um, it's hard to answer because, you know, what you might need for your vitamin D versus what I might need is going to be very different. But, um, I can tell you that for like functional fertility, you know, ranges, we like to see vitamin D between um, 60 and 80. And I know when I last had my vitamin D tested, I'm postpartum. So my hormones are all kind of all over the place, but my vitamin D was five. <laughs> and so our functional range again, that we're suggesting is 60 to 80. So there's so many reasons that we should all be taking a vitamin D supplement. And I think that's, it's kind of challenging for women too, because we think we can buy this over the counter. It's cheap and easy to get. How could it possibly be so important and helpful if I can so easily buy it? Um, but there's, but there's, you know, a strong um, correlation with optimal fertility. And so it's, it's kind of like one of those dumb, simple labs that um, is very helpful when you're kind of looking at kind of the whole person and how can you treat. You mentioned that, um, so you get your labs back and here we go. Um, we now know where we are in terms of our journey um, to have a healthy pregnancy. And then we have a consult, another consult with a telehealth provider. And the telehealth provider provides instructions feedback to the woman who is seeking this type of assistance? Yeah, they provide all the above. I can say one of the doctors on the team would be um, very frustrated with me if I did not intervene to say that labs are part of your journey related to your health in general, as well as your reproductive health. But labs are actually only a small part. So when I got kind of into this, I kind of thought more like you outlined, like, hey, I got my labs and now I know what's going on. Um, but I'm, I'm reminded daily almost that labs are just a part of it. The rest of it is what is your medical history to date? What, what, um, what was child, you know, what was kind of procreation like for your mother and even for your grandmother and what were some of the potential genetic things going on in your health journey. So labs are part of it, but then the other really critical part is your own personal health journey, which is why we dive really far into not only um, your health journey, but what is your partner's health journey? What are their lifestyle? Um, fascinating thing about, um, semen and sperm is that it can regenerate where, you know, it does regenerate. So 90 days worth of diet and lifestyle changes for men can have a very significant impact on fertility. Of course, it would be that way that men have it so much easier to make changes. But anyway, so labs are part of it, but then your medical history is a big part. And that's, that's where we're unique. There's a lot of companies out there that you can buy and get lab results related to your reproductive health. I mean, I'm a fan of them. I am a fan of the more information, the better, but it's that critical treatment part. They were trying to eliminate fear from people. I mean, I know I'm guilty of it as well. Anytime my labs are available for anything, I'm like doctor Googling myself and trying to figure out what's going on. And that's really what we're trying to prevent. We're trying to um, kind of provide that care and treatment at the exact same time that you get your labs. So that, yeah, it's beyond just like um, a visit or a call with a nurse or a lot of people kind of call it um, 
coaching. So we don't, you know, we're, we're well beyond coaching. We are, we have doctors that are meeting with the patients and prescribing medications. For example, older drugs that are very effective to help people ovulate. So drugs like Clomid and Letrozole are ones that we commonly prescribe to women to help um, initiate ovulation. And as far as the, um, so when we think about health and wellness, you mentioned supplements. The physicians that are treating, doing the telehealth and doing either treatment or symptom relief or, or what have you are also thinking about how to improve your baseline so that you can have a healthy pregnancy. You first want to be healthy and then you want to be sure that you can sustain a healthy pregnancy. What sorts of supplements are they recommending? Yeah, all sorts of different things. So first of all, we kind of give people the option of, um, do you want kind of a prescription drug track? Do you want a supplement track? Or do you want a combination of both? So one of the most common supplements that our providers end up writing a lot for is a drug called, or a supplement called myo-inositol. There's a great one by Theralogics that many people use, but that is a non-prescription way to help manage your blood sugar. So that's one of the very common ones um, that our providers write for. It doesn't have as much of the side effects as some of the more traditional drugs like metformin. Metformin creates a lot of um, gastrointestinal challenges for some people. So uh, sometimes people prefer myelinositol. There's, um, you know, obviously the uh, prenatal vitamins, we usually suggest a prenatal vitamin that has the methylated folate as opposed to regular folate. The um, EPA and DHEA is something that's pretty traditionally prescribed for most people. There's also a product called uh, Chase Tree, also known as Vitex, that some people um, choose to pursue to support progesterone. Um, I want to make sure here um, that we just disclose that I'm not a doctor and I'm not making um, treatment protocol suggestions for people, but just sharing information about some of the common supplements that we prescribe. Some people, based on your lab results and history, our providers may write for melatonin, which is a over-the-counter supplement as well. Um, so fish oil is, is one that many women get. In addition to supplement suggestions, our medical team typically suggests a Mediterranean diet as well. So it kind of depends on how, uh, you know, what type of diet someone is, is choosing to eat. But if they're, you know, usually suggesting the Mediterranean diet. So we had, uh, we, we did have a guest on our podcast that talked about starting with the diet, starting with the diet, always want to be sure that you have taken notes on what you do, a daily diary, if you will, and what you eat during the day, fruits, vegetables, do you eat fish? Or are you a vegan? So what is your daily intake of fresh fruit and vegetables, protein, grains, what type of grains? Do you eat a lot of processed foods? Are you a carbohydrate person? Do you like white bread and rolls and goodies like cupcakes and cakes? So those sorts of things pro figure prominently in this sort of analysis. And adding the supplements. Supplements are there for a reason. Uh, they, are, they are called supplements for a reason because they are additive and don't replace a good healthy diet. And I also appreciate the comment about giving medical advice. So this podcast is also not intended 
to be used to replace the medical advice that you receive from a healthcare practitioner. It is merely to explain what types of options may be provided for symptom relief or to improve your overall health. So thank you for sharing that. I do appreciate that. And oh, yeah. Yes. Of course. And, and, you know, something about supplements, and I know myself personally, because I just always have an interest in health and, you know, how to live more optimally and feel better, is like what might be great supplements for you based on your history and what's going on, you know, metabolically and, and all your labs could be very different than, you know, what's needed for me. And so... I think a lot of us, myself included, we, we start reading about a new supplement, we get really excited. It sounds like there's all sorts of great and wonderful things it can do, but it might do that for some people, but not others. Some may need it, some don't. I mean, we, we have seen on our lab results for some people who actually have been supplementing with too much vitamin D, right? And so that's where um, I, I like your analogy that supplements are called supplemental for a reason because you know you first start with food you know i can say in my own just fertility journey i did start more with diet and lifestyle changes removing um i'm a big fan of the environmental working group and their healthy living app where you can see kind of how um the different you know beauty products you use cleaning products how safe they are you know in a perfect world we would all check and have the resources to be able to clean up our beauty products, clean up our cleaning products, um, change our, you know, lifestyle or what kind of foods we're consuming um, and kind of build from there as a foundation. So you, you do allude to a, I guess, something to state that here with family, we do kind of lead with prescriptions and labs, but um, I guess that's because a lot of people, are busy and are kind of looking for the quickest outcome we can do. And so that's, that's kind of um, why we focus on that, but we do, do still want to really support those foundational health things. I, I totally appreciate this. And we, we do look at natural ways in which to address our health. Sometimes that, that is not possible. Some, there are some folks that must start off with something that is a treatment, which means that it is prescribed but we also can use more natural ways in which to guide our health. We think about also during the process of conception, there's a lot of activity going on. So women are often uh, complaining. We, we get uh, women either through our chat function or calling in to us. They're not in natural menopause or chemical menopause. They are healthy women. They're experiencing dryness. They might have a little pain. And then after a little bit more information is shared with us, we understand that they are busy and attempting to conceive. So what about personal lubricants and vaginal moisturizers? Do they it's fall into the category? They certainly do. A, I mean, in all the trying to conceive forums and everything, many women are mentioning uh, vaginal dryness, how, I mean, they're truly in pain trying to conceive. There's the physical part that needs to be supported. Also, a lot of um, lubrication is not as safe for trying to conceive. So you want to make sure, you know, people are using a lubricant. Um, I believe that you guys have one that is safe and supportive of um, the fertility journey, isn't harmful to for um, sperm and things like that. So comfort, comfort's a huge, 
issue, especially for people who are trying frequently. Now, some people try every three days, but there's still people who have decided that no, we are we are on a once a day journey because we are you know really trying to get to the best outcome. I can say our doctors at family kind of suggest a every 72 hour um, schedule just to try to have the highest quality um, semen that they can have. But um, in the other stage of life, which is a stage that I'm at right now with a young baby, is related to the need for lubrication. They say women that go up to one year postpartum, their hormones are really kind of all over the place. So vaginal dryness is also really um, something that is women postpartum struggle with as well. So not just women trying to conceive who might be having intercourse more regularly, but then women like me who are three, four months postpartum, it's also really important to have, um, you know, a safe vaginal lubricant as well. So we, we often think about what constitutes relatively safe. And I always use the word relatively safe because it really does depend upon you and your particular um, medical history and your particular circumstances. Again, we always ask you to consult with your healthcare practitioner if you're not 100% certain, but the scientific literature suggests that you use water-based lubricants. A hyaluronic acid is certainly a water-based lubricant. Ours contains also um, something called hydroxyethylcellulose, which is natural, uh, and it is often encouraged uh, that those two ingredients together may be a safer option for women for lubrication. So those are the, uh, those are the ingredients in the Mia Vita products. And uh, thank you for sharing with us a little bit more information about women postpartum. We often don't think about women postpartum, but certainly they can experience vaginal dryness and they can also have an exacerbation of vaginal dryness when they are breastfeeding. So well, I'm glad that you shared that link, that that link there, because for example, I was fortunate enough to have been able to breastfeed my older daughter, you know, for 14 months. And so as you suggested, kind of however long you're breastfeeding, your hormones kind of are dysregulated and you're gonna have that need. Also because of just trauma post-delivery, right? We, we don't seem to always talk about um, the trauma after delivery, but it, it's a heightened reason to have, um, you know, a good personal lubricant. So we have an overall care process that starts with preconception that leads us through the process, hopefully a very healthy baby and a healthy mom. And then afterwards, we want to make sure that women stay safe, stay healthy, take good care of themselves. So the, the continuum of care is really important, even before we think about having a child. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because for, for us at Family, that's actually why the company's name is Family and not something fertility. Our tagline is balance for baby and beyond. So what we're working on with our product roadmap is the supportive care and treatment for pregnancy, which is what you alluded to helping um, do anything we can to support women avoid the trimester one pregnancy loss. And then um, hormonal health postpartum, as you suggested, happy, healthy baby, happy, healthy mother. Um, a lot of the data suggests that uh, many postpartum depression symptoms are often triggered by 
how quickly your hormones kind of fall off. Some women have a more gradual decline and some women have a real abrupt kind of vertical fall off of hormones. So that's what we're working on with our product development is how can we test and treat for women at, at all stages of their cycle, not, not just fertility, but fertility is again, something very, I'm very passionate about and helping um, promote access. The other thing about what we're doing at family especially with kind of um, what's going on in the world right now is there are many women and families who aren't able to access IVF because of their religious beliefs. And so we feel very happy to have a solution that's in alignment with like the values of the Catholic faith or the Christian faith. We've had a lot of um, women just be really happy that they have a supportive care solution that um, they're able to use with um, that's in alignment with their religious beliefs. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I have to say that in terms of being supportive, you have two women entrepreneurs on this podcast, both of us serial entrepreneurs. I believe in supporting other women. I am so excited that you and I had the opportunity to meet. And I always, always believe in collaboration, especially collaboration with women because we lift each other up and we become stronger through those collaborations. But I'm so excited for what you are doing, what you are doing for women. And I really look forward to continuing to work with you as you build your business. Well, thank you. I look forward to collaborating as well. And for uh, women who are listening to the podcast today, I would just like to make sure to mention that if you go to family.com, um, please use the code LOVEMIAVITA100 for $100 off if you choose to work with family and our team. We also have all sorts of free resources on our website, and then we do offer that free initial consultation. So I would certainly suggest anyone who has an interest um, or just, you know, who wants to learn and maybe you'll continue the discussion with their own doctor, but, uh, you know, knowledge is really power. And so we want to make sure that we're educating women just as much as uh, with what you and your team are doing as well. If you are an OBGYN or healthcare practitioner that sees women and you'd like to learn more about how you be, can become engaged with family, it's family, F-A-M-L-E-E dot -E com, CEO, Shelly Bailey. I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks again for having me today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for being our guest on Love Mia Vita. Mm -hmm.